am fresh off of quite the hair transformation for me. Uh, and if you're watching the video of this, you're going to see my new hair color. It is just like the boldest fucking fire truck engine, hot Cheeto, like it clown red in a good way, in a very good way. Like if I were coming up out of a sewer, you would be like, oh my God, where did you get your hair done? Also, please don't kill me. It would be like both of those thoughts at the same time. Um, so I'm just still getting used to looking at my my hair. I'm captivated. So if I look at myself in this video a lot today, just forgive me because it's it's part of my my growth and my personal development and it's not, it's nothing to do with it. I'm fucking vain. So I'm just enjoying looking at it. It's just, it's hypnotic. It's hypnotic. I haven't changed my hair color and like any kind of substantial way since I first dyed it red when I was 15 years old. And, uh, even then I feel like I sort of transitioned into being a redhead, like over several hair colors. Like I, I gradually went into being a redhead. So it wasn't just like a bam right in your face. And today it's that it's like a fucking punch in the face and probably also the dick at the same time while like getting a wedgie and a tooth pulled. This is very, it's a violent, it's a violent and aggressive shift. And I'm here for it. Um, it suits me. So what I wanted to do was something a little bolder. I like to, this is my second year in a row of like, um, doing something different. I'm moving the mic around because I feel like it was just blocking my beauty. Okay. So second year in a row that I've done something a little different with my hair color. Here's the thing. When you're a redhead, uh, let's take a step back. There's a bajillion versions of red hair color. You can do everything from light, light strawberry blonde all the way to like the deepest maroon, um, like Texas Aggie hair color red is just something I would never do more purple like there's and then there's a bajillion shades in between you know you could argue that there are as many shades of blonde as there are red but really that's not true it's basically just a matter of like how many highlights do you have whereas red there's a lot and so um so I've always been more of like a coppery red and I mean it's definitely still copper but it is just so vibrant in your face so when I'm on Instagram though, like, and every now and again, I see a redhead somehow, some way, like there are certain reds that catch my eye and I just like save them for a rainy day. And then I realized I was not ever like cashing in my rainy day redhead inspo picks. And then like five or six months ago, I was talking to my hair colorist and I was, and he does amazing things with hair color and extensions. Like he's the guy you go to for massive transformations. I go to him and pretty much just get my roots done most of the time. Um, but like, this is something he is really great at. And so I showed him the pics of the things I was interested in. And I was like, do you think I could pull this off? And he was like, oh fuck yeah. So we did it today and I spent like almost four hours in at the salon, which is a lot, even for me. And I'm really behind on the day. I mean, I got some work done, but like I didn't get the podcast recorded and I'm doing that right now. I barely even ate today. Um, and I hardly Instagrammed. Like that's how you know something is either very wrong with me or like if, if I am not on, if, if you don't see an Instagram post or story from me, at least one in a 24 hour period, call the police. I have been taken. I am missing. I'm buried in a shallow grave somewhere. At the very least, my hands are bound and not in a good way. So that's your, that's your, um, your, your, the bat signal for me is, is my Instagram usage. So, um, yes, I'm feeling a little bit behind. I'm going to make this a little bit of a shorter episode today because, uh, because of that. Uh, what is it? It's like 5 30 PM. I don't fucking like to do anything except for make dinner at 5 30 PM. Like I'm the type of person, this is a great segue into what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about sleep. Um, but like 5 30 is basically when I just cease and desist all adult responsibilities that do not include either making food, eating food, taking a bath, watching Netflix or Bravo, um, and doing a facial mask and then just getting caught up on Instagram. If it's not one of those things, then I refuse to do it. And do you know why? Because I 
believe it or not, I'm a tightly wound bitch. So I need quite a long time to like chill and decompress and ready my mind and soul and my body for sleep. It doesn't just like happen for me, you know? I just, I'm, it's like it works on one end but not the other. I am, I jump out of bed in the morning. I don't jump out of bed, but I, I awake from my slumber and that's it. What you see right now, that's what you get at 6.30 in the morning if, if that's what it is. Like, I don't have, I don't, I don't have like a gradual progression to waking up. I'm either awake or I'm not. And that's just it. I do not drink coffee. Um, I don't drink energy drinks. I, I'm not that person. So like, um, it's, it's easy for me to wake up, but it is not necessarily easy for me to go sleep, especially when I have a shit ton of stuff like on my mind, or especially if I didn't get through things on my day, my to-do list that day. Like, um, I'm that person. I ruminate, you know, like a, um, like a big, beautiful brown cow in the field chomping away at its grass, ruminate. That's where that word comes from, just how they chew and they chew and they chew the house down. They just like eat up all the grass to get all the fucking last little bit of nutrients. Except for me, what I do is I take a thing that is stressing me out, like maybe putting something in the mail or I forgot to fucking follow up with that person or, you know, whatever. Like I, someday I might die. And what is that going to be like? Like those are the thoughts that just like flash in front of me, like, you know, trailers before a movie. And I just, I can take this tiny little grain of sand and I can polish it and I can buff it with all my anxieties and all the weird shit that your brain wants to do at nighttime if it's not ready to turn off because it's survival mode and it thinks that everything is just meant to kill you. I can just polish and polish and polish that grain of sand until boom, I have a pearl in the morning. Um, oh God, why, why are we talking about this? I don't know. Uh, but anyhow, that's why this is weird for me to, to record and film a podcast this day, time of day. Uh, I just don't like it. I don't like it. I hate, I hate it. In fact, well, I don't hate it, but I really don't like it. And I also haven't worked out today. So I'm a little like grumpy. Uh, I'm going to have to do a workout and I'm gonna have to make it fast. I'll probably just do like a hit workout, something just like, you know, brutal and shitty, but like hurts so good kind of a thing. So I'll probably do one of those. But anyhow, um, enough about me. How are you? How are you? What's been going on in your day? Mmm, that sounds boring. Great. I'm glad we're on the same page. So um, what's been going on? Okay, well, I got my hair colored. I told you about that. Um, if anyone does, I don't know how many people actually do color their hair as frequently as me. I know plenty of people color their hair, but from what I gather for most people, it's like, um, most people seem to be going like every six to eight weeks or so. Y'all, I have to go every four weeks because I have gray hair. I have a little patch right at the front, like right at where my part is. And then like the bit that comes down to your forehead, any, any like what not to wear fans out there. Remember what not to wear, uh, like late nineties, early aughts, uh, Stacy London and Carson. No, not Carson Cressley. That was, um, queer eye. Who was, who was her host? It doesn't matter. He's nobody, but Stacy London, uh, where they basically went and found the saddest woman that they could and just told them you're ugly, you're fat and you're not good enough. Let's get you a new wardrobe. It was great TV. Um, and then they would go to Manhattan and then they would spend, they think they got like $10,000. They got $10,000 to buy a whole new fucking wardrobe. And then um, Car Carrie D, Carrie D, is that her name? Carrie, the blonde one, she'd do their makeup. And then they had the guy, they had several guys who did hair and not a one of them was good if you ask me. Because you know why? They always chopped their fucking hair off. If ladies and gentlemen, if you want a makeover and you have long hair, you have hair past your shoulder, you want a different look, let me, let me just spare you the trouble. Uh, do not cut your fucking hair. Your hair isn't, gonna get you over a breakup, okay? In fact, in fact, if you cut your hair following a breakup, as is quite common, unfortunately, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna have a harder time getting a date. You're going to be sad because of heartbreak and also because you feel ugly. And that is just a cold, hard truth. Like, I, 
Like I said, I haven't done anything drastic to my hair since I was 15. That is ex with the exception of two haircuts. And I learned my lesson early on. So I needed these haircuts to learn this lesson, but don't learn the hard way. I cut my hair once when I was 13. It doesn't even count. Uh, I barely had started my per my period. So it's, it's like, whatever. You can do dumb shit when you're uh, up to a certain point with your hair. Uh, but then it was in, I think, my sophomore year of college. Um, I didn't have, like, a breakup or anything. Because let's face it, like, nobody really wanted to even touch me until I was about 21 years old. But at 20, I think there was some, like, there was a guy I liked. And it just wasn't going anywhere. Nothing ever really happened. And so I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cut my hair. I'm going to cut my hair. That's, just, that's about how much thought goes into that decision. You're like, well, I'm having feelings. I can either you know, go to town on a box of Oreos, or I can cut my hair. Or if you are a true badass, you will do both. And I'm sure that I did. Because uh, if you've heard me talk in the past, sophomore year was also where I porked up a bit. It was not a good year. I, I, that was the year, if I had to go back and do one year in college over again, it would be that one because yikes, what a mess. Except I actually wouldn't because uh, you know, suffering and ugliness builds character, I think. I think it's good to have a little bit of an ugly phase. Everybody needs it. And in fact, I've had a couple of ugly phases. I, I'm, I'm an overachiever in this way. A lot of people talk about their awkward phase, like, you know, preteen years, blah, blah, blah. I, yeah, I had one of those. I was awkward from like about age 10 and a half uh, through, I'd say, 16. And then I had another like awkward phase, 20, like, like call it 19 to 20, almost 21. So I've done it twice, and um, it's why I'm intelligent. It's why I'm funny, and you know what? It's why I'm pretty, because I've learned the lessons from years past. Um, I cut my hair above my shoulders, and my hair's curled right now, so it looks a little shorter than it actually is. Also, when you have boobs, your, your boobs like push your hair up higher than it actually is. So I always get a little bit of shrinkage. I get like a three inch kind of amount of shrinkage when I, the day I get my hair done usually. Um, but trust, it's, it's quite long. <clears throat> but I cut my hair at the time above my shoulders. And when I tell you that I looked like an extra from the Donna Reed show, you're all a bit too young to know what that is. Donna Reed was a, a character in the 50s, and it was a black and white show on Nick at Night. Like, just do some history, you know? Do the history. No. Or uh, for more current reference, uh, and this is also not even current. Like, if you were of my age range, this will be a current reference for you. Uh, something like an extra out of Pleasantville. When I tell you that I looked like I was ready to don a hoop skirt uh, and, a, and a crew neck sweater and a pointy bra and, and let a boy marry me and put, hide me in the kitchen for the rest of our days. Like, it was sad. It was tragic. Ugh, it was so bad. It was so, so bad. Uh, and that was the last time I ever cut my hair. And that's actually almost completely true because I rarely even get a trim these days, which is like, you know, my hairstylists hate me for it. And I'm very direct and honest. I'm like, look, I've, I've been had. Oh, you know what? Oh my God. I actually almost forgot. I did have a third like semi-tragic haircut very recently when we moved from Charlottesville to Houston, which was only a few years ago. I say only we've lived in Houston as long as we lived in Charlottesville, which is absolutely insane to me because I feel like Charlottesville was like that. You know, I feel like it was a blip sometimes. And then other times I felt like, I felt like, I lived my entire lifetime. It was two and a half years. Like, um, you can, you can barely get out of junior college in that amount of time. Uh, so it was so fast, but it was so long. But anyway, now we've lived in Houston for two and a half years, actually a little bit longer. We've lived in Houston. That's insane to me too. Oh, and it's the same thing. Sometimes it feels like we've been here forever. And sometimes I feel like we just moved in. So whatever. But right before we moved to Houston, I had a hair colorist I went to see in Richmond because I was like, Charlottesville's got nothing hair color wise. Like I'm doing red. It's specific. It is an art. So um, I, I just didn't feel like I didn't do any research to find out if there was anyone in Charlottesville, but I could just guess, you know, you could just, you can just tell. It's kind of like, like a watermelon. You can just tell, you know? Um, 
so anyway, I moved and I was like, okay, before I leave, I had been work, I had been going to see this colorist and he was great. I saw this guy in Richmond, which is about an hour, 15 minute drive, just to give you some perspective. So I was driving an hour and 15 minutes each fucking way to get my hair colored every four weeks, every four weeks. I am the reason there's no ozone layer. I am. I'm not afraid to admit it. So uh, he had like slowly been grooming me very, you know, like a, like a Michael Jackson style. <laughs> oh my God. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sure he's a lovely, um, homosexual man who would have no sexual interest in me. So he wasn't grooming me in that way, but he was slowly, gently leading me back into the waters of haircuts and like trying to wean me in wean me on. Can you be weaned on? I know you could be weaned off. Can you be weaned on? We're going to assume you can. So we're just like, like lightly breadcrumb trailing me to the land of a proper haircut. So we would do like a little dusting. And then a few months later, he did a couple, like an inch or something. And at that point too, my hair was extra long and super, super dead. And here's my philosophy on hair and also nails. Don't give a fuck. It's dead. It's just dead cells. So this whole notion of like, I want my hair to be healthy. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care if my hair is malnourished, um, liver failure, uh, a chain smoker. I don't, has all the STD. My hair can be, my hair could be Russell Brand before he, he got cleaned up. I don't, my hair could be Jessica Simpson last summer. I don't care if it's healthy. I just care that it looks good, you know? So I was very anti a haircut. But we got to a point where it had a couple haircuts or trims, I should say, with him. And so before I moved, I knew it was going to potentially be a while before I could find a hairstylist that I really trusted here. So I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's do a proper haircut, you know, like two and a half inches. At that point for me, I was like, that's plenty. And I'm good. So he's like, okay, sure, sure. And you know what he fucking did? He fucking betrayed my trust. Hairstylist of the world. I don't think, I don't understand I don't understand. I think I know you know better. I don't argue that you know better. I don't argue that you're more correct, that my hair is very unhealthy. And the reason I can't get it to grow longer is because it's splitting at the ends and it's working its way back up the strand. I get it. Like intellectually, I understand. But like superficially and uh, emotionally, I Degaff very hard. I want my hair. I want all the dead, nasty, drug addicted hair on my head. I just do. I want it to look like I didn't even get a haircut. I want to question if you even took scissor to strand. I want you to charge me $75 and just look at my hair with judgment. That's good enough for me. That's all I care. That's fine. But for some reason, some y'all, motherfuckers, uh, Still just do what you want to do. And that's exactly what happened with this guy. He probably took off like, hold on. I got to, I'm not good. I don't really have a good sense of um, measurement or distance. Like I'm doing my whole hand, probably like my whole hand's height. Like from, like if your fingers are going out. Okay. Like, oh my God, this is really, okay. Not like, not like height of my hand, but like, height of the length of my hand. Yikes. Okay. Four or five inches is what I was going to guess. Four or five inches of hair is what he trimmed off. It's no longer trim y'all. You're doing a haircut. And guess what? I literally haven't asked for since 2003, a fucking haircut. Never asked for one, a trim. So I got hacked, um, literally and emotionally, and I'm still recovering from it. You know, so anyway, um, haircuts don't get them is the, that's the lesson today, but hair color do all you want. Oh, I remember my roots. Okay. So I have where I was going with Stacey London is I have the patch. She had that silver patch, that gray patch right on the front, on the front of her face. And that's what I have. And it's not just there. I've got little sprinkles all over. My hair colorist um, says um, sparkles, which is cute. Uh, I definitely don't have sparkles. I have just dull, uh, dead, scraggly gray hairs. And they're just interspersed all among my young virginal hair. So um, 
you know, I, a bitch has got to do what a bitch has got to do. And a bitch has got to cover up her grays because I'm not trying to, you know, you listen to my last podcast. I'm not trying to feel or look old at all. I don't, I want to say I'm the kind of person who doesn't mind getting old. I don't think that's true. I definitely think I mind getting old. I want to say that I'm not though, but for fucking sure, if I have to get older, you know what? I don't want to look older and I don't want to feel older and I don't, I feel extremely young, which is great. Good for me. Knock on wood. But, um, I don't want to look at either. So the grays have got to go. And because I drink a shit ton of water and because I mostly eat pretty well and I'm pretty healthy, my hair grows pretty, pretty well, actually. So every four fucking weeks, I've got a half inch, maybe more of regrowth. And right here at the front of my fucking forehead, like I'm a like I'm a majestic unicorn, it tells the tale. So I've got to go and get my roots done every four weeks. Uh, so, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's very, it's high maintenance, but so am I. So, I mean, it makes sense, I guess. Um, let's take a little commercial break for those listening on the audio podcast. And we'll come back. We'll talk about sleep. We're back. And if you're watching the video, we never went anywhere. As a reminder, y'all, I um, film the video version of this podcast as well. So in the event you would like to delight your your eyes and your ears at the same time, you can, you can search for Cupcakes OMG on YouTube and you can watch all this dumb shit uh, from your computer, your iPhone, where the fuck ever you find YouTube videos. Um, so that's what I'm referring to when I'm like, oh, no commercial break for those people. So, okay, I want to talk about sleep. <sighs> sleep, man. Everybody loves to sleep. I've, I mean, if you're not a child, right? I don't know a single fucking adult that would tell you, I'm not, I don't want to sleep. I don't like sleep. You know, I, you know what? I take that back. I've met, I've known a few psychopaths in my life who um, say that like, there's like diminished, I'm not kidding you, I kid you not, I worked with a guy. Uh, one day we are gonna talk about salesmen, specifically men. One day I'm gonna tackle it because it's a thing, it's, it's a, a lifelong thing. Uh, but anyway, I'm not gonna do it today. Uh, but there was a salesman, he was one of the very, uh, um, What's the word I'm looking for? He was one of the top performers in the entire company where I worked. And everybody was always trying to learn from him. And what did he do? Why was he so good? And he did all these coachings and these trainings for me as an entry-level salesperson for like, like me and people that were on my team, not just me. That'd be fucking creepy. Uh, but anyway, he would do these trainings. And one of the things he always talked about was how he would, he like stayed up and checked email until like 10.30 or 11 p.m. or something like that at night and he'd go to bed at 11 or midnight somewhere thereabouts and he woke up every day every day he woke up at 4 30 in the morning so that he could like do a workout which is fine you know that's that's a very good thing to do but it was like oh you know work out and then immediately get to work like be working at 7 a.m and then remember he'd work until like 11 p.m not not exaggerating like and he didn't just say that we all knew that that's how he was and you know what he said? He goes, there's diminishing turns to sleep. I'm just going to let that sit. I need you to let that sit in your brain for a second. There are diminishing returns to sleep is what he said. Let's, let's, actually, let's actually fast forward more recently. So, cause that, I heard that back in 2008. So that was a long time ago. Uh, that was his philosophy at the time. And I was like, it was so wild a concept to me, like so offensive an idea that I, it, it stayed in my brain after all these years. But you want to know there's a more recent one. Um, a guy, I won't, I'm going to be, I'm going to try and be vague here. Cause I know there's people who know exactly who I'm going to be talking about when I bring up this dude. Uh, another salesman, okay, salesman, who in a training for sales that I took within the last year, um, said something very similar, that he never sleeps more than six hours a night. 
and encouraged every person in our sales training to do the same, to not sleep more than six hours because basically it eats into your productivity. Mother fuck. I fucking hate these people. I hate these people. I fucking hate these people. I fucking hate this philosophy. There's so much wrong. There's so many things in your life. If you want to get ahead in your job, there are so many things you can do. So many levers you can pull. So many um, accomplishments you can achieve. So many other fucking tactics that do not involve you um, abusing yourself, basically. By depriving yourself of the necessary sleep that you as an evolutionary being, that you as a person, your, your, your physiology requires to survive, to thrive, to heal, to recover, to fucking deny that. You're a fucking terrorist. That's it. You're just a goddamn, you are a sleep terrorist. You heard of a night terror? You're sleep terrorist. You don't deserve sleep. Guess what? No sleep for you. If you believe you shouldn't sleep over six hours a night because it somehow diminishes your productivity, then no more sleep for you. Guess what? You're dead in two days. Actually, I think it's like three. There's science to it. I don't remember exactly how many days you can go without sleep, but it is less, substantially less, than how long you can go without food. Soak it up, bitch. Soak it up. Google it. I don't know what it is. I make shit up, but I know it's true. I make up the specifics, but I know the actual math. Very true. Very sound. You know who probably did the math to prove that? Someone who slept more than six hours a night. I hate this. This is such such flawed fucking logic. It's very similar to people who think, um, you know how I'm going to get skinny? I'm just going to like not eat. Like you can't do this. You know, it's, it's like saying, um, you know how, like I'm going to get skinny because I'm not going to eat and I'm always going to feel full because I'm never going to poop. I'm going to let the poop stay in my body forever because if it does, I'm going to feel really full and bloated and I won't be hungry. Like the fucking lack of logic there. Oh my God. It's just a wonder to me that people... The people that exist on the planet today, like, had some of the most genetically dominant ancestors. Like, that's the only reason we're here. It's because our ancestors fucking survived, like, the Triceratops or whatever the fucking scary dinosaurs were, okay? They survived plagues. They made it through wars. They survived climate changes. Like, we all come, the reason we get to be here today is because somewhere, generations and generations before us, we had badass, great, 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 great grandparents somewhere, okay? They'd be ashamed of you because clearly your brain didn't evolve. Your brain did not keep up. You think you can get by without food. You think you can get by without sleep. You think you can get by denying yourself your Physiology rights? Is that the right is that the right word I want to use? I don't know, but I'm gonna go with it. Guess what? Evolution's a bitch and it's gonna catch you. And usually when you sleep deprive yourself for really any length of time, but especially long periods of time, like entire stints of your career, for example, years and years. You increase your risk of early death by like a lot. Again, I don't know the math, but it's been done. There's a book. It's called Why We Sleep. Kyle read it. He talked about it. I sort of listened. But one thing I know is in that fucking book is like how many years you shave off of your life. Years, plural, that you shave off your life by not getting enough sleep on a regular basis. Do you want to know what enough sleep is? Guess what? You already know. It's seven to eight hours for the average person. It's more if you're a really active person on top of that. Like, let me, let, me put it, let me put it to you a different way. Here's the thing. You actually, you cannot get too much sleep. The only way you're going to get too much sleep is if you are like, like 
on your deathbed, even though it's probably not too much sleep, but like you're in a coma, you have a chronic illness, you're sleeping because you're depressed. Like there, that's why. But if you're just living your life hunky dory and you happen to sleep nine and a half hours on the weekend, unless you, unless you do that thing where you sleep binge because you don't get enough sleep on the weekends, you can't get enough to, you just can't get too much sleep. You fucking can't. So let's back up a little bit because as much as I know this, as much as I feel, as you can tell, very strongly about sleep, I have not always been super, super mindful about my sleep. And I've also not always been super um, educated or informed about why it's so important beyond just like the basic things of like, well, we get tired, we have to sleep. I know that much, right? Charge the batteries kind of thing. Here's the thing. So I've, I've, I would say I've always been a fairly good sleeper. I've been lucky in that with the exception of some like instances here and there in my life, you know, I've never really dealt with insomnia. Um, anytime I do have trouble sleeping, it's just because I'm dealing with super, super high amounts of stress. Um, but luckily it's never been something super chronic. Um, I've, not had a kid yet, so I've never had to deal with the like children waking me up multiple times. I've never had a puppy, at least not since I've been an adult. You know, I um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of this. I've never been even the kind of person who had to wake up in the middle of the night to pee. So I've never really had like bad sleep um, issues, th- things that prevented me from being able to sleep. Never really had that. Uh, and never needed medication to go to sleep. I mean, aside from when I have really bad allergy attacks, this is my one weakness. This is my genetic flaw, y'all. I'm allergic to dogs and I'm allergic to cats. I'm the fucking worst. I hate it too. Don't come for me. I, it's awful. I, it makes me sad to tell you and make you sad. Uh, so I'm allergic to cats and dogs and I'm allergic to, um, trees and shit. But basically the long and short of it is if I go to a friend's house and I'm and they've got a dog, I have to be really careful. And usually it doesn't matter how careful I am. If your dog has lived in your house for more than a year, like it's all of its allergens are deeply embedded in your wall. Ugh, I fucking hate when I go to someone's house and like they've cleaned for me and I start having an allergy attack that I can't control. I don't control it. If I did, Guess what? I wouldn't choose to sneeze and have red itchy eyes and asthma attacks. I wouldn't choose that. Okay. But the worst is when like it's happening. And of course I can't control it. The only way for me to control it is to leave the environment physically, take a Benadryl shower, put myself to bed, just put myself down for the night. That's the only way to really let it pass. And people want to sit there and be like, well, I cleaned. I cleaned. So I cleaned for you. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, bitch, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. Thank you, but it makes no difference. Every dog is different. Every home is different. If your dog licked its paw once and then rubbed its paw on the wall, it's there forever. Like you can't, you can't. Just burn your house down before I come over and maybe that'll work. So anyway, point is, I never really had issues with sleep, okay? And then I was never the kid in college that would like sleep for two hours because I'd be up all night studying, like drinking Red Bull and chugging Adderall, like Oh, I never did that. You know why? Because I didn't give a fuck enough about studying. <laughs> Even then, I was just like, you know, it's more important to sleep. Um, but in the last, I would say, I would say really in the last year, you know, really in the last few years, but definitely, definitely in the last year, last 12 months, I've started making sleep much more of a priority in my approach and philosophy to health and wellness. And here's why. Um, as I mentioned, Sleep, if you don't get enough sleep over periods of time, it can not only put you in an early grave, but it can also just start to have really bad side effects on your health overall. So you can, um, the reason that we sleep, here's why, in a nutshell, we sleep so that our body can repair, period, period. We sleep so our body can repair, so that our body can let all of its systems and processes that it doesn't really get to spend a lot of time doing during waking hours, it can do that at nighttime. Some examples of things that happen while you sleep are you shed skin, you shed dead surface skin, you grow your hair, as we discussed, your nails, you digest food, your um, gallbladder does things. You know? <laughs> like, if you are sick, like we have the flu, the cold, you got something more serious, your body can release whatever antibodies or your immune system can like release the white blood cells and do the thing. All this stuff happens 
It's like fucking wildfire at night while you sleep. You know why? Because your nervous system is at rest. Your nervous system has two components. You got your parasympathetic nervous system and you got your sympathetic nervous system. And no, it's not because it feels bad for you. It knows what it's like. What it is is a parasympathetic nervous system is your rest and digest like systems. The things your body can do while it's resting. And then your sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight um, response system. So basically everything throughout the day. You drive in your car. Well, guess what? You got to be highly alert and tuned to what's going on around you. You're about to make a big presentation at work or school. You're probably maybe a little nervous or you're like reviewing your notes because you want to be on top of your game. Um, um, it's, it's your wedding day and all your adrenaline's rushing. Those are your sympathetic nervous system, like, uh, jobs and responsibilities. But that's not the only thing that your body needs to do. We ignore a lot of the shit or we aren't aware of a lot of the shit the parasympathetic nervous system is doing because you're in a state of rest. You may be sitting down, relaxing, maxing and relaxing all cool like, bopping on some b-ball, Outside, I was cool. I don't know if I'm getting it right. You might be relaxing, but your body is hard at work doing all the shit that it can't spend its time and energy doing when you're busy, you know, going for a three mile run in the morning when you do your workout. Um, your body is not able to necessarily fire on all cylinders at all time. It might be doing a little bit of stuff in the parasympathetic nerve from the parasympathetic place. But if you're like, again, you're, you're training, you're doing a really hard workout. That's all sympathetic nervous system stuff. <clears throat> when you sleep, assuming that you are not uh, appearing on an episode of naked and afraid and could be woken up by a goddamn dragon at any point, then your body is able to let the sympathetic nervous system take a break and now your parasympathetic system can do all of its shit. All the chores, all the cleanup, cleanup, cleanup in your nasty old dirty system because you sleep less than six hours a night. So it's very important um, because if, again, you deal with chronic illness or you just deal with, you deal with illness at all or you're trying to lose weight or um, you need to be have a lot of energy tomorrow because you've got the kids all day or, or whatever. Your body needs time to heal and repair. Sleep is also really important to speak to the training element and the working out element. Um, you know, if, if anyone here is doing any fitness regularly, I work out anywhere from four to six times a week. It just kind of depends on what's going on, but like usually no, no fewer than four times a week, but I work out very consistently and I try to work out really fucking hard because that's just how, that's just my style. Um, the whole point of working out is what you're doing is you are creating little tears and, and adhesions all in your body and your muscles to break them down because what happens is very much like a survivor of an emotionally abusive relationship, uh, when you are torn down and then you have space to heal, guess what? You tougher, you tough bitch now. Well, that's the same thing with your body. Your body's going to get torn down and then you're going to let it rest and while you sleep, that's where you get the rest and recovery of your body. Like, yeah, you can foam roll, you can stretch, um, you can get a massage. Those are all good things to do, um, particularly like for your the fascia adhesions that you might be experiencing or mobility things. But ultimately, the best tool to repair your body is sleep. So from those workouts, Sleep is the, is the, is the complement. So you train hard, you break the body down. The sleep is where it repairs. And that's when you get stronger. That's when you start to get, you know, if you want bigger muscles, that's when that happens. When you sleep, that's when your body can really, assuming that you get into your deep sleep zone, that's when your body will release human growth hormone. Fuck, did you know that your body releases it? You don't have to inject it. It's not something you need to buy. Human growth hormone is a natural like hormone that our bodies release in the reparation process. And it only, it's really only going to happen when you sleep. And this is not like, it's not like I'm talking about steroids. You're not going to get huge. Everybody needs some HGH in their life. It's a powerful, powerful hormone that makes you strong. It's got all these healing properties. Like you want that shit. You can only get it when you are sleeping in particular, when you are in a deep sleep state. So you probably have heard about like REM sleep and deep sleep. And if you were like me for a really long time, you probably didn't really understand the difference. Here's the difference. Um, you have like, call it 
four sleep stages, I guess. You have awake. Because even though you're like sleeping through the night, inevitably there are moments where you actually, you may not feel totally conscious, but you actually do experience wakeness. So there's awake, then there's light sleep, which it's harder for me to define, but I think it's all, it's kind of obvious, right? Like light, light sleep is just like, usually it's what happens before you fall. When, right when you fall asleep, you enter into light sleep. And then usually for most people, when you experience deep sleep, it happens like within, I think, I think it's like the first five to 10 minutes of sleep. So it actually happens really early. Deep sleep is the stage of sleep where your body is repairing. So think of deep sleep as the physical, uh, uh, rejuvenation or whatever, physical reparation, if you will. So it's really important that you get deep sleep for that reason, and that's when the HGH can be released in your body. The second, or the third, or whatever. The other phase of sleep is REM, rapid eye movement. Everyone's, I think most people know about this one, but what it does is it's for mental reparation. So you've got the physical reparation of like literally a workout, or like I'm sick, and then you have the mental um, um, reparation, rejuvenation, if you will, replenishment. What's the fucking word I'm looking for? But it's all that stuff. The mental is REM. And that's where like, if you're stressed, you know, you got a lot of shit going on at work. Uh, you had a really, um, you had a big fight with somebody or you have a, whatever, you know, all that stuff that you're like weighs on your mind. That's what the REM sleep helps to do. And that's when you're dreaming. That's when your brain is shuffling and filing all the things of the day and da, 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 da. So you need all these different stages of sleep because you've got to let your body heal and repair and also your mind. Um, that's why a lot of people, when they talk about like, whether it's you're, maybe you're studying for an exam or you want to learn a new skill, you know, things like that, like reading and doing that stuff before you go to bed can actually be better for like long-term, uh, retention of that stuff because that's when your body, your brain is actually going to get the opportunity to process it and systematize it. Um, okay. So that's what the sleep is. That's why you fucking sleep. Here's the thing. You really, unless there are people in, on the planet and it's, but let me preface before I even tell you who these people are, let me preface this. It is a minority. It is a like beyond minority. It is the minority of the minority of the minority. So I'm going to say this thing and you're gonna be like, Oh, that's me. No, it's not. It's fucking not. Okay. It's like, it's like a fraction of a percent of the population. So you're not, but some people, some very rare, rare people are super sleepers. And these are people who can sleep for like four hours or less and get as much reparation as the rest of us who need eight hours of sleep. Like in other words, their sleep is so much more efficient and productive that they don't have to sleep for more than four hours. But again, it's not you. I'm sorry, it's not you. You know who it is? It's fucking Elon Musk, all right? It's uh, Oprah. Like it is high, high, high achievers. And I'm not saying that Oprah sleeps for hours and I don't fucking know what Oprah does. I wish I knew what Oprah did. She is one of my personal heroes. Shout out to Oprah if you're listening. <laughs> Oprah listening to this podcast can you imagine? I can. I can. I have a great imagination. You know why? Because I sleep more than seven hours a night. I just made that full circle. Um, but the point is very high achievers can sometimes be these super sleepers. And that's partly in a way that could be why they achieve what they do because they just they function on a very different and a higher level. But that's not you. So most people, most adults need between seven to eight hours of sleep. And actually most adults, I would argue, need eight or more hours of sleep. And again, if you are like a high performing athlete or the stakes are high for you for whatever reason, maybe you have a really uh, an active job. If you're like a first responder, military, uh, police officer, what have you, then like same idea, right? Like um, all those kinds of things, you probably need more sleep. And if, as we all know, teenagers, teenagers and children and and actually, yeah, teenagers need like the most fucking sleep. Um, I remember when I was in high school, I could sleep no fucking problem. I could sleep over 12 hours. No problem. And I would still be tired. It's because your body, think about it. Your body is going through all these fucking changes. Your body is is dying. And every time you go to sleep, you get the chance to repair it. So you just want to repair, 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 repair. 
Oh, and I could sleep so, so hard too. I miss those days. But anyhow, so you, depending on your age, there's different amounts of sleep you might need, but it doesn't matter what your age is. Everybody needs sleep. And eight hours is a pretty good uh, place to start. Now, I know what you're saying. You're like, fuck you. I haven't had eight hours of sleep since 1989. I get it. I get that it's not easy to do, whether it's because you are you are a busy working professional or because you have a lot of kids and the only downtime you get is when they're asleep. Well, guess what? That's your fault for having children, but I mean, I digress. Um, <laughs> you, it could be because you you have a really hard time turning your brain off. Like there's so many reasons. It could be because you got a fucking horrible neighbor who wants to play, you know, the new Justin Bieber at all hours. Like there's so many reasons why maybe you're not able to get that amount of sleep. I'll tell you what. Have you actually tried? No, the podcast isn't over. I just, I just want you to think about that. Have you actually tried to get eight hours of sleep? I understand that maybe the concept is a hard one to uh, manifest and into reality. I understand that it's conceptually a lot to ask, but have you actually tried? I'm just gonna guess, and I'm gonna guess based on my own personal experience, I'm gonna guess no. You know what? You know why I don't sleep for eight hours a night? The nights when I did, when I don't, or in the past when I didn't sleep for eight hours a night. You wanna know why? Because I like to stay up and watch fucking TV. That's it. It's not, it's not noble. I'm not necessarily proud of it, but it's my truth. I like to watch TV. And usually I don't watch TV until like maybe 8 p.m., you know, and I got some shows I like to watch. I get in bed. These are maybe, this is maybe a holdover from my days as an only child, but I was, when I was growing up, only child, I had a TV in my room and I got to watch TV as late and as long as I wanted. I got to set my own bedtime. My mom gave me an alarm clock at like, I don't know, I was like maybe 10 years old. And she's like, here. Get yourself up from now on. You can stay up until, because I think we were having a fight over my bedtime. My mom's creative solution, um, go back and listen to episode something or other. I don't know. I tell you about how my when I wanted to start shaving my legs, my mom was like, absolutely not. It's so dangerous. You could cut yourself. You know what we'll do instead? Let's wax your legs. I was 10 and we did. We did wax my legs at 10 years old. So my mom had a lot of creative solutions to my requests. And one of my things was like, I want to be able to stay up later. She's like, sure, here you go. Fucking stay up as late as you want. 3 a.m. Great. Have a good fucking time. Watch all the episodes of I Love Lucy on Nick at Night. This is why, you know, rewind earlier to my Donna Reed reference. It's why I know so much about, you know, classic TV. But she gave me an alarm clock to start getting up. You have to just wake yourself up in the morning from now. Guess what? I did ever since, you know? Um, but I, I also stayed up really fucking late watching TV. And so I still enjoy doing that to this day. Um, and it's one of the reasons that I can stay up well past my quote unquote bedtime. Uh, it's what I like to do. It's just how I am. I also really have a bad Instagram addiction. And we've talked about that before. It's neither here nor there. I'm actually getting pretty pretty good at that late in, late night in bed. But anyway, um, so so not only is it that like there's the mental stimulation and the like kind of the fear of missing out for me, but then of course you get the blue light thing and the blue light thing is a different problem, right? But um, But that's what it is. So here's the thing. If you have not actually tried to get eight hours of sleep, and I don't know what your sleep, what like like take a minute, think about it. When what is your typical? What do you what? How much sleep do you typically get a night? You know, like if you're getting under seven hours most nights, like that's a real fucking problem for you. Take note. I mean, I don't know. Like if you if you had a friend who had more than three drinks a night every night. I don't know what the alcoholic test is, but like whatever it is, right? If you had a friend or someone in your life and you knew that they were like really tiptoeing on the line of an alcoholic addiction, you'd be like fucking get help. Stop it. I mean, the same is true for people who don't get enough sleep. You have a problem. You are, you are harming yourself when you don't sleep enough. Um, you just are. Response times are bad. Like all this shit's bad. There's a sleep study that was done by... I think like the Harvard, I think like Harvard, Harvard something or other, whatever. The people, the people that do research experiments at Harvard, or maybe it was, maybe it was Stanford. I don't know. It's irrelevant, but there was a study that was done and they were taking, they took a group of college students. So people that are otherwise healthy and active and whatever, and they deprived them of sleep 
for like, I don't know, maybe two days or something. And by like the second or third day of not getting any sleep, they're, um, they all became like pre-diabetic. And this is people who otherwise had no health issues. So go from being perfectly healthy and fine, two, three days later, boom, pre-diabetic. I don't exactly know what it means to be pre-diabetic, but you know what? I bet it's better than, I bet it's worse than being not pre-diabetic. And then here's a fun fact. As soon, as soon as they caught back up on their sleep, gone, 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 gone. No more pre-diabetes. So to the, de- the dumb motherfuckers who say that there's diminishing returns to sleep and you shouldn't sleep more, than- go tell those people next time you hear that to say that shit, tell them to go fuck their pre-diabetic selves. You have my blessing. But take a stock. Think about what, how much sleep do you really get? Is it less than seven hours? It's time. It's time for us to have a come to Jesus moment. Come to Jesus. Okay, here's what you're going to do. The first thing you want to do is uh, decide what time you need to be up in the morning. Because some of us, for the most part, I think most people have to be up at a certain time, whether it's for work or the kids or just because you don't be a lazy fuck in bed all day. Like most of us have a wake up time. So figure out what your wake up time is. Now do the math. If you're not, if you're not even sleeping seven hours a night, then like at least aim for seven. What is seven hours before that wake up time? You got to wake up at five in the morning. Okay, great. That means you need to be asleep or real fucking close by 10 p.m. That's not even that bad. I mean, 5 a.m. sucks. Like, ugh, yikes. 5 a.m. is a shitty, shitty wake-up call. I totally get it. But 10 p.m. isn't that bad. It's not like you have to be in bed at 8 8 p.m. I mean, because again, we're trying to say, we're saying like seven hours. Start with seven. Uh, Because I think that is where most people, most people are not hitting seven. So now you're going to bed at 10 p.m. Okay, so you want to be in a shut-eye place by 10 p.m. So now we continue to work backwards. What's it going to take for that to happen? Would you have to feed the kids? Do you have to pack your lunch for tomorrow? Um, do you have to call your, your Nana? Like what are the things that have to be done? Okay. Plan all that shit to be finished at least one hour before your bedtime. So whatever all the shit is you got to do, let's say nine o'clock is when the time is all for you to just start really getting ready for bed. In order to go to sleep, your body's got to release melatonin, which is like the sleepy hormone. And the body will naturally release melatonin when um, the signals are being sent to it that it is time to prepare for bed. And the signal that nature sends us is it gets dark outside. So when it gets dark outside, the sun sets. That's kind of the natural sleep rhythm, your natural circadian rhythm. Now for people who work like nurses or whatever, doctors that don't work typical standard hours, first responders, all that stuff. This is different. This is a different issue. I I can't crack that nut for you, but you know, hopefully for the people that are not in that situation, you can make sense of what I'm saying. So your circadian rhythm is your natural like sleep rhythm. And when you are consistent about the time that you go to sleep and the sleep routine that you have, not only will it be easier for you to stick to your sleep routine, but actually you can really optimize your sleep. You can start to really enhance the quality of your sleep the more consistent it is. So that's why every time you read about like sleep and we need eight hours and blah, 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 and you brush your teeth and you drink the water, it's like, and they're always like, set, go to try to go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every morning. I feel like those articles always kind of miss the reason. And it's just because you can get better quality sleep when you do that. And the better the quality of your sleep, the more your body can enter into all of its healing processes, the more fucking superhuman you can be. Like your potential is just through the roof, the better the fucking sleep. Can you imagine just feeling like, let's even 10% better, whatever you feel today, even if you feel good. Can you imagine just feeling 10% better? My God, my God. Anyway, so you work backward, you set the time you need to wake up, you do the math, you work backward, at least an hour before that time that your eyes need to be sleepy sleep, shut down, go to bed, you should be really getting ready for bed. Now, I have started, like almost a year ago, I started my bedtime routine. So I have a bedtime and I have a sleep time. So my bedtime is like 9.15 p.m. 
9.15 is when I want to be in bed no later than. Otherwise, it starts to really interrupt my ability to like ease into sleep. What I don't, I am not great at getting into bed and just lights out going to sleep. I also do not like to read. I'm not a reader. I'm a listener. So reading a book, if that's what you enjoy doing, by all fucking means, knock yourself out, literally, because apparently it's very helpful for inducing sleep. Um, it's just not my thing. But point is, 9.15 is my bedtime, my get-in bedtime. And then, like, between 10 and 10.30 is my, like, sleep time. Because most days I'm waking up around, these days it's between 6.30 and 7 a.m., most days. So if I'm asleep at 10.30 and I'm getting up around 6.30 or later, I'm getting my eight hours of sleep. Now, granted, again, there's some awake times in that sleep, but by and large, I'm in bed, my eyes are closed, I'm mostly unconscious for eight hours. That's my thing. And then before 9.15, I have some bedtime rituals, right? Like they take maybe 30 minutes of my time. It's all the stuff I do to send the signals to my body, it's time to sleep. So I light a candle. I'm a, I'm a basic ass bitch. I like candles. What can I say? It's part of my fucking routine. I light a candle, start to make it smell good. I've probably, I will probably shower. I'm a nighttime shower because I'm not a dirty bitch. I don't get into bed dirty. That's disgusting. So I'm a nighttime shower and, uh, you know, I do my lotion thing and I brush my teeth. I take off my hot girl disguise, like wash my face. I spend probably 10 to 15 minutes doing my nighttime skincare ritual. I put on some nice comfy pajamas. Uh, and then I do take a gummy melatonin. I take a five milligram melatonin. It's That's kind of like considered extra strength. And it might be a placebo effect for me at this point, but I've been doing it for a few years. When I first started, I felt like it really helped and I've just been doing it ever since. Also, candy. It's my night candy. Why not? You know? So I have a little night candy. Um, and then I, I get into bed. I have started... A lot of mornings, more recently, I've started making my bed in the morning because at nighttime, I like that to be part of my ritual and my nighttime routine as well, that I'm getting into a freshly made bed. Uh, and then I turn the lights off. So like I don't use overhead light in my bedroom ever. We just use lamps. I also think that helps a little bit. And then well, you blow out the candle. Somebody blows out the candle. Whoever's last to bed has to blow out the candle. So I always like to get in bed first because I fucking hate doing that. And then, uh, and then I watch TV. And that's not that's where I go a little off. So by this time, I'm in bed. It's 9.15. We've blown out the candle. All the shades are down. That's also part of my nighttime routine, by the way. Probably an hour before I actually get into bed, I like pull the shades down. It's just like a, it's just a routine now. I don't know if it really does anything, but it's, it's something I physically do with my body. So my, my mind and my body kind of all work together to say, this is a thing we do when it's time for bed. So you got to find what works for you, right? For me, I get into bed and I might watch a few episodes of The Office because it's a light, happy, chill show. Lately, I've been watching a lot of Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I can't always watch too much Curb because sometimes Larry stresses me out. I feel like a lot of times me and Larry are one, you know, like I am him and he is me. Uh, but other times I'm like, this is too real. I'm, I'm too stressed out watching it. So I can't get, can't do as many episodes of Curb as I can Parks and Rec or The Office, but that's normally what I do. Um, and then, and then eventually I turn the TV off and that's a really hard one for me. I could fall asleep with the TV on and, and enjoy that, but it's not ideal. Watching TV in bed in general is not ideal, but I'll tell you what, I get over seven hours of sleep, so <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Um, Kyle wears these blue light locking, blue light blocking glasses. They look like really hideous, like wraparound biker glasses. They're fucking hideous. I make fun of him all the time. Every night I'm like, you got your bedtime sunglasses on, but the research would suggest that the blue light can prevent your body from recognizing or from releasing melatonin. It fucks with your circadian rhythm, blah, 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 a bunch of shit that I personally choose to ignore, but you don't have to, you can buy these like sunglasses that block out blue lights. You can find them like everywhere. So that's a choice that he does as part of his routine. 
And then that's it, you know? I mean, so you got to find what works for you. But, but if you're not getting at least seven hours of sleep, start there and work your way back. And look, it's not going to be perfect. I don't always get over seven hours of sleep. Some nights, like a few nights ago, I had a really... Actually, over the weekend, um, I, there were two nights in a row where I was having the hardest... I started my period a few days ago. Ah, uh, TMI. Okay. Well, it's fucking true. I did. I started my period. And as a woman, when we start our period, there's basically just like a flood of hormones that come with that. Ooh, pardon the visual of a flood. But there is. Like we get... Our bodies get flooded with hormones. And I was waking up sweaty two nights in a row. So fucking annoying. And it wasn't even hot out. It was like actually really chilly out. So it was really annoying. So I woke up a couple of nights. I had some hard, I had a couple, couple of hard nights of sleep because, um, I woke up hot because of my, my lady time. So I don't always get seven or more hours of sleep. Um, but you know what? It happens. And if that happens, that's okay. Just learn from it. What do you do differently the next time? Well, I fucking cranked my, uh, my AC was pretty fucking low. I cranked up the fan. I slept with less clothing on and I didn't have the comforter on me. I made sure also that I got really cold before I got into bed. And I usually do, but I made sure I was like extra, extra cold. That's another important element to having the right environment for sleep. There's so many things we could talk about on sleep. Like I just, I'm not even, I know I'm actively talking, knowing there's more things I want to say, but I'm going to choose not to because, you know, I want to go work out and really I come first here. So there's other things that I'm sure you probably are aware. Like you got to sleep in a dark room. You got to sleep in a cold room. You got to, you know, no, no sound, blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh, before I wrap it up though, I, I must bring this up. You remember a couple weeks ago, I went out of town with a couple of my friends. Um, and so we all shared a room. It was just three of us. We had two beds. We shared a room. Not a big deal. Um, I, I have two friends, two close, very good, dear friends in my life. And, um, they have many, many good qualities, both of them. They're, they're wonderful mothers. Uh, they're funny as fuck. They are like my, my soul sisters, really. But they all, they both, Audra and Anna both have one terrible quality that they share. And it is this. They have to sleep with sound machines at a level 10. The fucking loudest white noise I've ever heard in my life. I feel like I'm literally like standing inches from a wind, from a fucking jet turbine. It is so goddamn loud. How people can sleep with the soundtrack of poltergeist blasting full volume out of their iPhone all fucking night is beyond me. You're a serial killer. I don't know how they do it. It was awful. I've shared a room with Anna when she's done it. Couldn't sleep. Same thing with Audra. Thank God I had, you know, I was drunk. And so I was like out cold in a coma, basically. Wasn't getting any quality sleep anyway. But Jesus Christ, I get it. If you need a little something to go to sleep, that's like I've used like a little like babbling brook kind of sound, maybe a thunderstorm here and there. But when you got the fucking 2 a.m., 3 a.m. public access snow you know, poltergeist theme song. The theme song is the, you know, the crackling of the TV. Then, oh my God. Like, I don't understand how you do it. I don't, and it goes all night. You don't put it on a timer. You got to put it on a timer. You get, you get 30 minutes of that. And if you're not asleep within 30 minutes, then guess what? The white noise will not help you. You don't need it all night. Jesus Christ. I can't. It's so awful. A box fan I could live with by, for sure, the, the fucking white noise TV. Carol Ann, Carol Ann. I can't, I cannot do it. These are the sleep terrorists. These people are the sleep terrorists. Anna, Audra, I love you guys, but fuck you and your fucking sleep terrorism. And also the terrible, terrible salesmen that I referred to earlier that think you need less than six hours. You're a sleep terrorist. You don't deserve sleep. You don't deserve sleep. Okay? Sleep's too good for you. And you know what else? I'm too good for you. <laughs> That's going to do it for us for this episode of That's Right, Bitches. I think I'm going to call it Night Candy. Is that what I called it? Did I call it my Night Candy? I think I'm going to call this episode Night Candy. Well, we'll find out. Anyway, um, maybe that was helpful. Maybe it wasn't. I hope you learned something. Um, and if you want me to talk a little more about sleep, let me know. Just 
you know, shoot me a little DM. Oh, by the way, that's the best way to find me. If you want to find me and send me your fan mail or your hate mail or your dick pics, I don't really want your dick pics, but if you want to send them to me, the best place to do it would be on Instagram. It's where I'm the most active. I'm at cupcakes, OMG. That's cupcakes with an S and the letters OMG. Um, you also, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure that you subscribe here. Uh, give us a rating, five-star rating and review would be cool too. You can also find the video version of this podcast on YouTube. Um, just look for cupcakes, OMG, or search the name. That's right. Bitches. Any of these things will work. I mean, I think you, if you found it here, you probably can figure out how to do the rest. Um, Oh, and by the way, if you liked this podcast or I can completely understand if you hated it, it's fine. It's a great big world out there. There's a lot of things for a lot of people. And then there's just as many things that are not for everyone. Whatever. If you liked it or you hated it, maybe just tell a friend. Tell a friend. Telephone. Telepath. <laughs> um, so that's it. I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.